Welcome to the Aligned Money Show. We've got a great episode for you today featuring Adrian Reed. He is the founder, mentor, and master trading coach with Enlightened Stock Trading. Covered a lot of good ground talking about the percentages of people who are actually invested in the market at all, the percentage of those who are actively trading stocks, bonds, crypto, ETFs, stuff like that. We talked about how many people actually make money, how many lose money. We talked about four specific strategies that are common and that people consistently use to find success training, uh, trading rather. And we talked about whether or not you can actually set it and forget it and just make money from the beach or wherever you are interested in making money. So check it out. Let's go. Adrian, let's get us started. Give us two truths and a lie. Two truths and a lie. All righty. My favorite band is Metallica. Hmm. Uh, Every night before I go to bed, I have a clean desk policy. So uh, I can start the day fresh with a clear mind and a clear desk the next morning. And I haven't read a newspaper for 15 years. Those are excellent. Oh, my goodness. Metallica, a clean desk, and no newspapers. I think that the lie is the clean desk. Oh, come on. <laughs> Did I get it? My desk looks so clean. Look, it's so perfect. <laughs> It's why we do Zoom, so that you can't see the other things. Okay. Yeah, I was looking around there. We've got a very, very clean shelf behind you. But turns out, turns out what I can't see is a disaster. (laughs) Well, disaster is a bit of an exaggeration just now. Right. There's probably a fair few post-it notes stuck around stuck around the desk. So Okay, fair um, enough, fair enough. Yeah, but you don't get to see. That's that's private. (laughs) Right. I, I get it. I'm interested in a camera behind you as you are rocking out to enter Sandman and not reading newspapers and just kind of going about your day. So I love Inner it. Sandman's my favorite song. All right, let's do it. Well, I'm excited to have you on the show. Tell us what's top of mind for you right now. Um, so right now I'm I'm thinking about, uh, at least in my trading work, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time thinking about developing new systems for uh, a range of different ETFs, exchange traded funds, um, which is kind of cool because most of my trading strategies are stock based, like broad based. You know, I hold a bunch of stocks in a strategy according to a set of rules. And um, this is something different, which is a nice diversifier. So that's really what I'm working on at the moment. Nice. What's the motivation there? Uh, look, it's about getting um, different return streams or, or diversification into the portfolio and helping others to do that as well. Um, I've got strategies that I trade. My students in the in enlightened stock trading also trade them. And uh, the more different ways we have of making money, the better our portfolios can perform. So I'm really looking for uh, you know trading strategies with that that zig when other my other strategies zag. If that makes sense, I'm just you know when um, when something's going up, you want to make money. When something's going down, you want to make money. And the more different ways you can make money the smoother the, the portfolio can be overall. Yeah. Well, it certainly makes sense intellectually, the practice of it, though, I, I, I suppose we'll find out, but you're mm-hmm. not concerned about fracturing attention? Oh, good question. Yeah. As in, you know, if you put all your Chase two rabbits, basket, you don't catch any. Basket versus uh, doing many different things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a valid, uh, a really valid point. 
Um, and I've been through a few cycles like this in my trading journey. Um, fractured attention is a problem if it leads to mistakes. Hmm. And if you have processes to make your decisions and execute your your trading investing decisions that avoid those mistakes, then I don't believe it's an issue. One of the reasons why I like a diversified approach as opposed to a highly concentrated, extremely focused approach is that each individual decision doesn't matter as much. Now, that doesn't mean you don't take as much care on each individual decision, but it means that there's not as much kind of catastrophic risk on each individual decision. And so it's easier to make, it's easier to pull the trigger um, because you're only using a tiny amount of money for each transaction, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Makes a ton of sense. I am a, a huge proponent of people taking a very boring sort of diversified approach to the vast majority of their investing. And I sort of think about that as giving yourself permission to then go and take more concentrated, bigger swings at, at riskier, more speculative things. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I my, my approach would be I take many swings at many different things. So I have some very stable long-term strategies where, you know, you're in and out maybe over months or many months even. I have some shorter-term strategies which are in and out much more quickly and they're taking a lot more kind of hits to, to try and catch the winners. And I also have some quite uh, volatile stuff. So I trade stocks and crypto, for example. So I have some crypto strategies and they trade fairly regularly um, trying to grab those really big sort of exponential winners that you see in the crypto market. Yeah, I love it. I was... I was researching a little bit and I found uh, some Pew research uh, that was talking about how, roughly speaking, I think only 46% of Americans own stocks, bonds, some kind of investments, and only 7% are really active traders. So that are consistently buying and selling. Mm -hmm. Do those numbers sound right to you? Yeah. I mean, the 47% probably surprises me a little, but it, it, it feels about right. I mean, if you think about the proportion of people that really don't have a, a sense of financial independence or, um, you know, are, are sort of working or living day, day to day, paycheck to paycheck, that, then it's kind of hard to invest in that situation. So maybe it's right. The 7% would certainly be right. My experience is that the vast majority of people who own stocks, um, don't really do anything active with it. It's sort of like, oh, well, I'll buy and hold and, you know, it'll grow one day. Um, what's interesting is of the 7%, how many of those can actually do it profitably and consistently? Mm -hmm. That's a more frightening number. You think it's pretty low? Oh, it's pretty low. Yeah, unfortunately. And, and the reality is most people who are actively trading don't have an edge. And so essentially they're they, they're gambling. It's like buying little, it's like buying lottery tickets. Um, so, you know, you see a lot of people talking about, oh, look at my big winner. I made, I bought this stock and it went from here to there and that's great. But they don't talk about the losses. And, you know, that's human nature. That's fine. But I think the reality is most, most people you see in chat internet forums about trading and uh, most people you see online aren't doing it consistently and probably long-term won't survive. 
That makes sense to me. Uh, we here in the United States have fallen in love with, and what is the right term? Well, whatever the term is, online gambling has become legal. And yeah. every, advertise, every advertisement on TV and the internet seems to be from one of the top five or so online gambling places. And from my understanding there, if you are a professional gambler who's amazingly organized and does it professionally, you win around 53% of the time. So mm. unless you have that edge, which is really, really uncommon, even in professional gambling, uh, you're going to lose money. So I appreciate what you just said. You need an edge. You, you, you need systems and processes. So yeah. do they allow online gambling in Australia? Uh, I suspect so. To be honest, I've never Googled for online gambling. It hasn't really come into my <laughs> my world. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say yeah, probably, but I, I don't actually know. What's yeah. interesting, and I, I'm glad you brought up online gambling though, because if you look at the online gambling sites and you look a lot at a lot of the stock trading apps or the crypto trading apps that people use, they're kind of similar, mm-hmm. and that that's that's concerning, right? Because the apps that are for investing or trading it's trading not investing but are pushing that sort of thinking and they do that because that's how they generate their income because they get paid per transaction hmm. and so they want you to be like oh, oh this oh this oh this you know they want you to be buying and selling kind of uh on the spur of the moment and that's not the way to long-term success it's not the way to have an edge and stay in the game so let's talk about finding that edge. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the first thing is you you need to succeed. You need rules that will get you in and get you out of the market with a positive expectation. A uh, If you repeat those rules many, many times, on average per dollar that you risk, you should come out ahead. Now, most people think that in order to do that, you need to be right more often. Like if I could just be right 60% of the time, then I could make money. If I could be right 70% of the time, I could make money. But actually what that's not what matters. What matters is when you're right, how much do you make? And when you're wrong, how much do you lose? And uh, so there's a equation in trading, we call it the expectancy equation, which is, the percentage of winners times the average win minus the percentage of losers times the average loss. And that has to be a positive number. The easiest way to make that positive number and give yourself a fighting chance of winning long-term is to have big wins and small losses. And if you have a big win, you don't need very many of them. You can be right 30% of the time and still make a ton of money because the wins are huge and the losses are small. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. I, it certainly makes sense that I would want to have big wins and small losses. Yeah. So sounds so, good. Sounds easy, does hard kind of a thing, or it, it is easy with, with the right structure system. Look, it's simple, but not easy is a better way to just a good mm-hmm. way to describe it. It's simple because um, essentially what you want is an, an asset, a stock, a ticker, a token, crypto token, whatever you want one of them that's going up and you want to buy it and hold it as long as it keeps going up. 
And if it stops going up and starts going down, then you want to sell it because you're not, it's not growing anymore. What most people do is look for a bargain. Oh, this is way cheaper than it was. I better buy it. So when it goes back to where it was, I can make money. But there's a flaw in the thinking because the flaw and the flaw in the thinking is when it goes back to where it was. That's the flaw because it doesn't always. Momentum tends to persist in the market in general. And so if you buy something that's falling, there's a good chance it's falling for a reason. It might keep falling. And it keep falling. If it keeps falling, what do you get? Large loser. And large losers are very hard to overcome. Yeah, so we want lots of we want small losers so that when we have a winning trade, it's easy to overcome the losses that we've had. If we have big losses, you have to have lots of big wins to recover and get back to where your account was. So it's kind of hard. And in theory, it's harder to take a big loss when you are buying something that is on the way up. And when you notice that it stops going up, that's when you cut bait and sell. Yeah, I guess, yes, I think that's true. Um, Big losses can still happen if you're not careful. And the way to avoid it, and this is probably one of the biggest tricks to long-term profitability, is you've got to have an exit point that you get out at no matter what. doesn't matter how much you love the stock. doesn't matter how much you love the story. It doesn't matter what the media is saying or the broker is saying or anything like that. If you're in a position that's going against you, you've got to have a point at which you say, I've got to get out to protect my capital. So if you buy something that's going up and it immediately starts going down, you have to have a fail-safe exit point. Now, that doesn't need to be super close to your entry price. Like let's say you bought at $10 a share. If the share was a little bit volatile and moved around a couple of bucks, you know maybe you might have your exit point at seven. And you can determine that on a chart or by all sorts of technical rules we don't need to get into. But... The key thing is you've got to have an exit point that you say, I'm wrong. I've got to get out to protect my capital Hmm. and keep those losses relatively small because that way you can recover the losses easy. What happens, I mean, the the way to think about this is if I have $100 in my account and I lose $50, now I've got $50 in my account, I have to make 100% on that $50 to get back to where I was which is hard. Making 100% is hard. Mm -hmm. If I have $100 in my account and I lose $10, now I'm at 90, I only have to make 11% to get back to where I was, which is easier, much easier. Mm -hmm. So what we do is you want to keep your losses small and make sure that your account doesn't dip too much so that you can recover. I think the mistake most people make is they go for the big swings, they take big gambles, they take big leverage, and they find their account goes from 100 down to 50, 40, 30 because they took a big risk and it didn't pay off. Then it's very hard to recover. So you end up blowing up your account and you have to start again. And that's bad for all sorts of reasons. Bad, bad for lots of reasons. In terms of uh, a stock, in terms of a cryptocurrency, in terms of an ETF, and I know that you mentioned that you are developing a new system strategy process for um, for investing or trading ETFs. How similar are, are these? How relevant is the actual thing itself? Yeah, good question. Um, somewhat relevant, I would say, um, but not to- not as much as you might think. There are some generic strategies that tend to work. 
Now, they need to be fine-tuned depending on the market. So, for example, um, I might have a strategy that works on Australian stocks, and that should work moderately well on US stocks. But there's some character differences between the way those markets move. So you might need to adjust it or fine-tune it a little bit, but generically, the strategies you know, are, are often the same. So the general strategy, generic strategies that tend to work, trend following. Trend following is you buy something that's going up and you hold it until it's very obviously no longer going up and starts going down, and then you sell it. The goal of that strategy is to take a big chunk out of the middle of a long-term trend and make some money. That could be an uptrend or it could be a downtrend. doesn't matter. You can do it either way. The second uh, uh, generic strategy that tends to work is mean reversion. So mean reversion is in an uptrend when, when a ticker is moving up, if it takes a little dip suddenly, it'll tend to bounce back in the direction of the trend. Or in a downtrend, if it has a little rally, it'll tend to dip. Uh, it'll tend to fall back towards the main trend. And you can you can buy the the dip in an uptrend, expecting a rally, and makes make money pretty quickly. It's a small amount of money, but you can make money pretty quickly. And you can do the same in a downtrend. So that's mean reversion. Another strategy that tends to work is uh, um, rotational momentum. So, uh, or relative momentum, that's where you buy, let's say you buy the, the 10 strongest stocks and then you hold them for a month. And then at the end of the month, you look for which are the 10 strongest stocks now. If those 10 are still the 10 strongest, you keep holding them. If they're not the 10 strongest, you sell them and you buy the 10 strongest. So you're basically always rotating into strength. Uh, that works in a lot of markets. And then the last one is, um, is seasonal patterns. So things tend to happen in repeatable ways. There's certain days of the week where patterns happen. There's certain times of the year when patterns happen. Before holidays, thing, uh, the market tends to rally. Uh, at month end, at the end of the month, but the market tends to rally. Those sorts of things are tradable as well. So those strategies tend to work regardless of the ticker, but you just have to fine-tune the exact rules uh, depending on which market it is. Once you figure out a strategy, several strategies, do you need to get out of your own way and stop tinkering and stop trying to perfect? Or is it possible to can just keep perfecting and, and optimizing? Uh, you absolutely need to get out of the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's actually really important because that idea of perfecting the strategy is, is really false. We don't need perfect strategies. And in fact, trying to get the perfect strategy that doesn't have losses or has a laser sharp kind of equity curve, um, that's destructive because the markets are volatile. You know, returns don't come in a straight line. And the more you try and tinker with your strategy to make the returns come in a straight line, the more you ruin the strategy because there's going to be losses. We have to accept that as part of our trading. Like it's unavoidable. And any strategy that claims to have no losses has a hidden tail risk that they're not telling you about because there are always, always losses. But if you have that expectancy equation we talked about earlier, right, and you've got a good strategy, the the, the strategy should make money gradually over time. It's going to go up and down, but it will recover from the dips. And once I make a decision that I'm going to follow the trends, I'm going to focus on seasonal patterns, do you, do you pick do you pick one? Do you pick two? Do you pick three? And then do I am, am I able to automate these? How mm. and, and and how often am I actually touching it? Uh, 
let's start with automation first because a lot of people come into the market going, oh, yeah, I want an automated bot to do my trading to make me rich, and then I can just sit back on the beach, drink pina coladas. Yeah, great. And, and yeah, like just the cash rolls in. Um, it can be automated. My trading is fully automated. Uh, but it doesn't mean you don't have to watch it and manage it because things can go wrong. And there's often edge cases where you need to actually intervene or think and strategies don't last forever. So you need to actually monitor the performance of the strategy because if it starts to decay over time, then you want to make the decision to adjust it or turn it off. So I think the automation is, um, is definitely possible. The reason I like automation, once you get to that point, is it unlocks a level of diversification that you can't really do manually. So, for example, I trade quite a few strategies over Australian stocks, US stocks, Hong Kong stocks, and Canadian stocks, and three different crypto exchanges. And so there's lots of trades going on. And you would have to have a huge amount of time and massive attention to detail to do all of that manually and not make mistakes, not miss things. But the automation does it, so it manages all of that. So then back to your question originally of do I just choose one of those strategies and go with it? At the beginning, yes, because you're going to probably start off by placing the trades manually and monitoring them manually, and and you start simple, and make sure that you've got the process working and you're not making mistakes. Then you can layer on another strategy and make sure you've got that one working smoothly. Then you can layer on another strategy and make sure you've got that one working smoothly. Then eventually you get to the point where if you're still trading manually, you don't want to add another strategy because it would cause mistakes. At that point for me, that's when I automated. So I think you want, ultimately I would want multiple strategies because not all no strategy makes money all the time. And so you want several different strategies that make money from the markets at different times. And then when you layer them into a portfolio, you tend to, to make better returns with lower risk. I love it. Well, Adrian, we're ready for that difference-making tip. What do you have for us? Most people, well, yeah, most people hold on hoping for something to recover. It's like, oh, this stock went against me. I'll just hold it long-term until it gets back to even so I can get out. That's a flawed thinking. And it's flawed thinking because while you're holding that thing that hasn't recovered, it's eroding your wealth. And it's probably continuing to fall. So I don't like to hold things that are going against me. A little bit sure, as long as it's within the rules of the strategy. But when you get an exit signal, you've got to get out. It's okay to take a loss. It's not okay to get a, let a loss get bigger and bigger and bigger, hoping for it to recover because it wastes huge amounts of time. It erodes your wealth and long-term, your account's going to be far smaller as a result. So take the loss early, accept you're wrong and move on. Don't let it get bigger and bigger and then hold and hope that maybe it recovers one day. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Yeah. Adrian, come on. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? Uh, best place is my website, enlightenedstocktrading.com. Uh, heaps and heaps of materials on there about systematic trading for both stocks and crypto and uh, risk management and, and so on. So if you're interested in trading, not gambling, um, I think that's the place to go.
Excellent. Well, it's great to see you again. I appreciate you coming back on. Finally, friendly reminder that there's never going to be anybody more interested in your financial success than you. So act accordingly.